Greetings, brothers and sisters in Christ, and welcome to the Innocence Redeemed podcast. I'm your host, Ray Bergman, and the title of today's episode is Preparing for Offense. Will you be offended at God or remain faithful? So, as many of you may remember, in the last podcast, titled Tests, Tests, and More Tests, I talked about the various ways in which we are tested, but I actually just came to the realization that one of the topics I forgot to mention was the test of offense. When we're greatly tried, do we take our grievances to the Lord in prayer or get mad at God and pass the blame in that moment, forgetting all his promises? Now, on that point, this episode is not going to be so much about testing, although I may give you some examples of situations where we're greatly tempted when we're greatly upset. But it's no secret that the persecution of Christians is on the rise. It has been for some time now, and I've mentioned it a few times before. The idea for this topic came about when I was talking with the Lord this morning. And like I just got done saying in the episode of Testing, when you walk through an intense season of refining, it's to prepare you for what lies ahead. And one of the common themes I've noticed is patience. Patience in financial matters, patience in disagreements, patience in times of no answers, and that's just to name a few. Say when you're waiting for a prayer to be answered and it seems like nothing is happening. Now, some of you might recall that I did an episode back in July titled The Sin of Complaint. Because when you're greatly tried in the furnace, and sometimes many things are going on at once, one of the greatest temptations you have to resist is blaming God. But what we need to understand is he loves us so much that he wants us to be ready for what comes. And that is the reason he is putting us through the refinings ahead of time so that we're not tempted to fall away. You know, at times when I've had great afflictions, complaining or whining about it has been one of the temptations I was tested on repetitively. And so in what's coming, this is why I make reference to the Sin of Complaint podcast I had done back in July. Some of this I also covered in another episode I recorded before that titled, Will You Stand Strong for Jesus Under Persecution? You know, I made a side reference to Job when Glinda and I did the podcast on testing, but I didn't go into too much detail just due to everything else I had to present at the time. But if you recall, one of the questions I got asked was how to tell apart an attack from a test. And in that moment, I answered and said, sometimes they come hand in hand. In other words, God allows the attack to come in order to test our faith and what we'll do. Will we betray the Lord or will we remain faithful to him? I want to read from Job chapter 1 verses 6 through 12 as it illustrates this point. And by the way, I'm going to use the New Living Translation today as it's easy to read and understand for new believers who may be listening. Starting on verse 6. One day, the members of the heavenly court came to present themselves before the Lord, and the accuser, Satan, came with them. Where have you come from? The Lord asked Satan. Satan answered the Lord, I have been patrolling the earth, watching everything that's going on. Then the Lord asked Satan, Have you noticed my servant Job? He is the finest man in all the earth. He is blameless, a man of complete integrity. He fears God and stays away from evil. Satan replied to the Lord, Yes, but Job has good reason to fear God. 
You have always put a wall of protection around him and his home and his property. You have made him prosper in everything he does. Look how rich he is. But reach out and take away everything he has, and he will surely curse you to your face. All right, you may test him, the Lord said to Satan. Do whatever you want with everything he possesses, but don't harm him physically. So Satan left the Lord's presence. And for those of you who are familiar with the book of Job, from then on, Job was literally tormented by Satan and tested via many trials, one after another. Only at the end of these trials did God restore him because he remained unshakable in his faith the entire time. Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, that introduction laid out. I want to play for you a clip I came across this morning about the censorship of Christians. I found this up on Hal Turner's website. Now, say what you will about Hal, but this was just a video he posted from YouTube, so it could be found actually by anyone out there searching. The title of this video is called, Do You See What I See? And it was put together by a gentleman, a fellow believer actually, named Joe Kirby. And I'll actually link to this when this podcast goes live, but I want to play this audio for you real quick and then pose a question. Let's take a listen. This is the real footage, but this is the tampered footage. Andre, congratulations. How do you turn this around? Man, first off, I need uh, the first thing my Lord said to you. man just... The issue with sin, it, 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 it makes wow. us, our sin that's in us makes us do those things. And the only, the only salvation for this sin is the gospel. The only way to really cure that what's on the inside is understanding that Jesus Christ died for our sins. And so th- to me, on a micro level, it's understanding. Just like that, we lost him. I know. I- Masters champion, Bubba Watson. <laughs> Um, and then second, I gotta thank uh, my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. This day means so much more than, than putting on this green jacket in many ways. All right, so a uh, technical glitch there. For- so, I mean, it speaks for itself, and really the audio doesn't even do it justice. When you look at the clip, you can see where the man who is speaking, his lips are moving, but the audio cuts right out when he says Jesus' name. So the question I have for everyone listening to this, are you prepared to deal with the persecution? Is your faith where it needs to be? Have you been submitting to the tests and the teachings? Or are you ignoring them thinking you have 10 more years? Because in the coming persecution, which is now on the horizon, and that's made evident by these series of clips I just played, What lengths are you willing to go through to hold onto your faith and not deny Jesus or blame the Lord when things begin to get taken away? What about when they put a bounty on Christians? Now, that might seem a little offensive to ask that question, but I think it's a very fair question that we need to begin thinking about right now. How this will start, you just heard an example. It will begin with censorship. That, by the way, has already started because YouTube has already been actively censoring Christian content. So it will start with the censorship, but then it's going to progress to persecution on the social level. But you must remember, the word of God can never be changed. So, as the word is continued to be preached throughout the world, 
Those under satanic influence will make provisions to censor and persecute those who do. At that point, once it reaches a crescendo, I see it where legislation will be at some point passed and the Christian faith will be outlawed, as well as the Bible itself. They may even stage a false flag because Jesus said, all nations will hate you for my name's sake. So I could see them staging a false flag or they're going to make some compelling argument. They might even try to say, oh, aliens created us, all that. There's been a lot of talk about that, and I've noticed that's been coming into the forefront a lot in the last year. Remember that Paul said that if it were possible, even the elect would be deceived. So that goes to show you, they're going to do something that tries to compel people to come away from the faith. The true faith. You know, I've read this from the word before, but let's revisit what Jesus said in Matthew 24, specifically verses 9 through 14. Jesus said, Then you will be arrested, persecuted, and killed. You will be hated all over the world because you are my followers. Now, that's an echo of everything I just said beforehand. Now, moving forward, verses 10 through 12 are key in what I'm presenting today. Verse 10, and many will turn away from me and betray and hate each other. What do you think would cause that? Will you turn away from the Lord if you can't have a job or have money if they restrict your money and apply a social credit score to it? Because actually, unbeknownst to many, all the major financial institutions are trial running that system right this very moment as I record this, as I speak. They are trying to make it sound like a good thing. But, in everything we have seen up until now, do they ever tell the truth? Negative. It's always, do this one more thing to keep you safe, but you never get back what you gave up. It will be the same when they introduce the mark, which, by the way, this system will coincide with. That's what they're setting the precedent for. Everything up until now has been a training run. The censorship, the social credit, the jab. All of it is when they bring it online. If you take that mark, you will forfeit your salvation, so be aware of that. Moving on. Jesus said in Matthew 24, verse 11, And many false prophets will appear and will deceive many people. Many false prophets will arise and tell people what they want to hear. Oh, it's okay. God is only love. He won't mind that you did this or that. Ladies and gentlemen, when they began preaching that Jesus would have taken that transhumanistic jab, that was an echo of the type of nonsense that will be pushed in the future, just as what you just heard in the video I played. And this, by the way, is all the more reason they will try to outlaw the gospel or greatly redact much of it. You know, they might leave the good things but they'll take away all the things that are about sin. And so, as a result, those who don't know the true word ahead of time will be confused. And as a result, we have Matthew 24, verse 12. Sin will be rampant everywhere, and the love of many will grow cold. The love of many will grow cold because they never knew how to love appropriately, as Jesus taught us. That is why I speak now. What will you do going forward? Because the sin is already rampant everywhere, 
and the love of many is already waxing cold. Let's put the unbelieving aside for a second. Many Christians don't even act thankful anymore. You'd almost think that they don't have manners. That's an observation. I've seen it. Some permit homosexuality in the church. Some allow compromising views on abortion. Will you compromise when your livelihood is threatened? Will you deny Jesus when your livelihood is threatened? You can love a sinner and lead them to the truth in Jesus Christ and the truth in the gospel. But you see, this is one of the ways they will try to label Christianity as hate speech. But the word states clearly in Galatians 5, verses 19 through 21, who will not inherit the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven. So it's very important not to be confused by that. So it doesn't matter whether it's eliminated The word remains. It will never be chained. It will never be eliminated. Will you stand strong on what you know the word says? When the blessings are removed from you, and you are hated for being a believer, will you betray your brethren and betray the Lord? Will you remain faithful to Jesus? Will you set your face like flint now to endure? Because if you're not already putting faith into practice now, how will you endure through what comes? Will you continue to look out for other believers? Will you give an account for your faith to the unbelieving as a witness for Jesus out of season, like Peter told us to? Or will you become self-absorbed once life becomes uncomfortable, fall into sin, or become part of the great falling away? Because whether we want to admit it or not, Jesus said these times would come. And it's better you think of it ahead of time to determine where you stand than saying you believe and then denying the Lord later on. You know, Jesus continued in Matthew 24, verse 13, but the one who endures to the end will be saved. The end is when he gathers us or we die a physical death, but our soul lives eternally with him. Remember, verse 14, and the good news about the kingdom will be preached throughout the whole world so that all nations will hear it And then the end will come. So we want to set our sights on the Lord and that which is in heaven, rather than getting mad and shaking our fists at the Lord during times of distress. Because if you stop and think about it, if you're already doing that now, then what will you do later on? If you can't even resolve a difference with a believer, how can you resolve your difference when you're offended later on? Will you get mad at God too? He won't forsake us, but will you forsake him? What we want to put into practice is faith, that he will lead us through, and his mercy during that time is also going to be dependent on what you have done with what you know or have learned up until this point, what you are sowing, how merciful you have been. It's going to be about what you've learned up until that point. And when I say that, I mean, what have you learned by his word? What have you allowed him to show you? Are you able to confess the error in your way? If you're already indifferent to God's word and can only tolerate doctrines of peace when there is no peace, you may not fare very well 
This is why the reality of the test brings this forward, so that we're not offended later on when it gets really tough, because you'll be glad he put you through that. James 1, you know, I've quoted these verses many times before. My brethren, this is verses 2 through 7, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. In other words, you won't be lacking the faith you need to endure later on. Going on in verse 5, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. Verse 6, but let him ask in faith with no doubting. That's key. Let him ask in faith with no doubting. And that's not just for wisdom. That's everything. For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. Believe the Lord. Don't curse him. Not even Job cursed the Lord with everything he went through. And brothers and sisters, that man went through a lot before God came through and restored him. And that is why I brought all of this up as a follow-up to the test, test, and more tests. Some of you are enduring strenuous situations right now. And really, if 2022 has been a year of testing for many, which it seems, I mean, from what I've experienced and gathered from people I know, everyone's being tested right now. It prepares us for 2023. But how you react in the future depends on what you do now. And the Lord then will decide who needs more refining and who doesn't. Who can move forward and who can't. Who's ready and who isn't. Whatever you do, brothers and sisters, stay vigilant and pay attention to what's going on around you. Don't be quick to fly off the handle because God may be working the situation out for your betterment in the long run. Or he's training you for something. So remember that when you're faced with any trial or situation, that you do not curse God or fall away from the faith. If we lose our salt, if the salt loses its flavor, we lose our faith. Much in the same way, if we lose ourselves during great distress, our faith suffers if we don't know how to endure beforehand. That's one of the things the Lord is teaching us now. I'm going to tell you a little story. You know, a sister reached out to me when she had trouble occur with government assistance being drained from her account. She told me that one of the first things she did was get mad at God. Well, it actually wasn't God who did that to her. The enemy sent someone to do that to her. But I told her that it was her response that was being tested. So that's a prime example of one such situation where you may be tempted. Now, personally, and I gave a testimony on this last year, that one day when I had gone to the grocery store, I had a cart that was half filled with groceries and I went to run my cart at checkout and it was declined. Now, I didn't know it at the time, but there was apparently a lock on my cart for me entering the wrong pin. But in the short term, I could not purchase the groceries and had to leave them there. But as I was leaving the parking lot, as I was getting ready to exit and go home, what the Lord was showing me 
was of a time in the future where we will not be able to support ourselves, but have to totally rely on him. That, brothers and sisters, is yet another reason for these tests, often ones that require great patience, which refines us to endure through anything that we'll encounter in the future. As comforts are taken, many will flip out when things don't work out. And one thing the Lord has told me personally during these times is, My son, I will come through for you. Don't panic. So again, in other words, believe him. Don't doubt and be like the wave of the sea driven and tossed about by the wind, as referenced in James 1, verses 6 through 7. Don't doubt and be like the wave of the sea driven and tossed about by the wind, as referenced in James 1, verses 6 through 7. Folks, let me just tell you, I've had to endure extensive times of waiting this year. I'm going through a time of waiting right now. But you can't lose hope. You can't lose faith. Can it be a challenge sometimes? Yes. But we endure regardless because that is what the Lord commands us to do. Never stop praying. Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Jesus Christ. And that's quoting 1 Thessalonians 5, verses 17 and 18. Remember, we don't always know the final outcome, and God causes all to work together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose for them. That all said, brothers and sisters, once again, remain vigilant out there and call on the Lord with anything and for everything, especially going forward. He loves being part of our lives in every single way, and he wants to be first in everything that we do. That's really awesome when you stop and think about it. Brothers and sisters, may our Lord Jesus bless you. I thank you for listening, and until next time, stay safe out there, stay vigilant, and have a great week, everyone.